I'm not much of a baseball fan. But last year, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. And they won it after a long drought. I think it had been 108 years since the city had experienced a pennant through baseball. And when they won that final game and become, became champions, they came back home to Chicago where there was a parade and millions of people assembled because finally in their lifetime they was able to see victory occur for their team. As the team came back into the city and all of the people swelled around, the streets were crowded, the coach and the players were carrying the trophy of the victory that had been won. And all the people celebrated and cheered and rejoiced and clapped because they were vicariously living through the championship that the Cubs, the players, the coaches had accomplished. And I'm so glad that I can come into a church and celebrate with people who understand what Jesus won for us on Calvary. That we get to celebrate and say thank you, Jesus. This is not a crown that will pass away. But no, this is eternal life because our King lives. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came and did it just for us, just for me, just for my children, just for my friends, just for my family, just for the Jews just for the Gentiles, just for the world. For Father, you loved this world, even when this world didn't love you. But you made a promise when our foreparents sinned and they fell away from you, you told them that they would surely die. And you kept your word because the wages of sin is death. And not only did Adam and Eve die and pass death down to us, but they were separated from you. We were born separated from you. But in that garden, in that moment, you promised a deliverer who would come, being born miraculously through a woman who would crush the head of the serpent and set us free from sin and from death. We thank you, Jesus, for being the precious Lamb of God, the seed of the woman who came, who was born, who lived, and who died. And as we were reminded on Friday, your life was not taken. You laid it down. And we thank you that this morning early, Saints around the world have been celebrating that you took your life back up by your authority. And we're so thankful to be in that number that we are witnesses 
that we can testify that you are real. You are alive. And thank you for the promise that you said that blessed are those who believe and have not seen. But we've seen with the eyes of our heart. And we look forward to the day when we will see you in glory. We'll see you as you are and we'll be made just like you. Until that day, we are to live by faith and we trust you. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for this word. Bless us to be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Would you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. I'm going to thank all of you for being here today and having your children, as my wife said. This is a family. The church is called the household of faith. And so a little noise, a little stirring shouldn't bother us. This is God's living room. He's the center of attention. He allows us to sit in his presence. And then we'll go outside and enjoy his creation with one another. But I want to thank uh, the men and women who helped prepare the grounds this past week so that you could come in to a house that's prepared for the lawn work that many of you did. Thank you for the painting that many of you did. Thank you. He's a good, good father, and he provides good gifts to his children. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have some new decorations in the sanctuary. Uh, the Lord provided a lit cross for us made out of distressed wood that um, our own Pastor Jerry built with his hands and hung this past week. Um, then also the Lord provided for us a B3 organ as well. So the Lord is just continuing to bless the house um, for those who decorated on Good Friday. It was just one of the most beautiful probably the most beautiful service I've ever participated in. Um, you know who you are. For those who spoke, each one of you, God spoke through you to us. And it was a solemn moment. It was a moment of great reflection. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Bob, for the Seder on Wednesday, teaching us about how our faith springs forth out of Judaism and all of the rich um, typography that's there that point to Jesus Christ and to remind us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel who don't know their Messiah is Jesus. Just a beautiful time. I'm so thankful to do life with you, to journey with you. And so here we are, Resurrection Day, and I'll begin reading Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened 
as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. I'm going to focus today on one verse and one word where it says in verse 7, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. So let me talk to you real quick on the subject of again. Again. Again, it's a Simple word. Again is a word that we use very casually. But I also want to pose to you that again is a very, very powerful word. It means to return to a previous position or condition. Again means to do something once more. Now, when we think about returning to a previous position or condition or doing something once more, the things that we do once more can be either positive or negative. The place that we return to once more, the condition we go back to can be either positive or negative. Again is an adverb that we live with every day and usually, usually, we use it in a negative connotation. For instance, we say, I failed again. I messed up again. I've fallen again. I sinned. Again, I've denied the Lord again. I've broken his heart again. I feel defeated again. I'm depressed again. I'm discouraged again. My body is sick again. I'm down again. I'm sad again. I'm hurt again. I can't sleep again. I'm angry again. I'm fearful again. I feel judged again. I feel condemned again. I feel rejected again. I've been lied on again. I've been lied to again. I've been misunderstood again. I want to quit again. I want to give up again. I drank too much again. 
I'm looking at pornography again. I spent too much money again. I ate too much again. The devil got a hold of me again. Again is a word that returns us to a previous position or condition. Many times negatively. Again means to do something once more, many times negatively. But the good news is that Jesus' resurrection redeems the word again. When placed against the backdrop of his glorious resurrection, the word again has a new meaning. You see, since Jesus rose again, which is what he said he would do. He said, on the third day, I will rise again. And since he rose again, I can get back up again. I don't know if you heard what I said, because again can be negative. But because of the resurrection of Jesus that he said, I'll rise again, I can counteract the negative with something godly and positive. So when I say that I've fallen again by his grace because he got up, I can get up again. I don't have to stay down and be defeated by the liar again and again. But because I know the Lord, the old has passed away and all things have become new. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 is in the perfect tense, which means it keeps on becoming new. I can get back up again. Proverbs 24, verse 16, says that a just man, not an unjust man or an ungodly man, but a just man or a godly man, even we fall seven times. In other words, we fall again and again and again and again. But even in our falling, there is grace. Even in our falling, God is able to redeem because of all the numbers God could have used in Proverbs 24 to talk about how many times we've fallen. He used seven. And seven in the Bible is the number of perfection, the number of completion. So even when we fall, God is perfecting us. Even when we fall and we mess up again, God is completing us. Because where sin abounds and failure abounds, grace superabounds, and we're able to get back up again because the same spirit that raised up the Lord from the dead is alive in his people. So you may knock me down, but you cannot knock me out. I can get back up again. Thank you, Donnie McClurk, and I hear you singing in my left ear that a saint is just a sinner who falls down and gets back up again. Well, because he rose again, church, I can now rejoice again. That's what Paul said, old jailbird, in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you missed it, he said, and again, I say rejoice. Because when you got your joy, you got your strength. And joy is not based on feelings primarily. Joy is first based on a focus, and the focus is on the fact that he lives, 
And because he lives, I can face anything that's facing me. And nothing will ever separate me from his love so I can have joy in the fact that my sins are forgiven. I can have joy in the fact that my God loves me. I can have joy in the fact that God has a purpose for my life. So I can rejoice again and again. I can pray again because he got up. James 5.18 talks about Elijah. It says that he was a just man and he prayed again. And the Lord sent rain on the land. Who needs a shower blessing in their lives? Well, many times it won't come until we pray for the rain. And he was a man just like us. And he prayed, James 5.18, Again, somebody needs to pray again. You gave up on prayer because God didn't come through when you wanted, how you wanted, or some of y'all for with who you wanted. And you said, I don't want to pray anymore. It doesn't work. No, pray again. Pray without ceasing. And because he rose again, I can gain new strength again. For those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And since Jesus rose again, I can have hope again. And if I'm alive, Solomon said, if you're alive, the living have hope. And not only am I alive, but I'm alive in him. So I have hope, which is a positive expectation for my future. And I serve the God who's already wrote my future out in his book, the book of life. I have hope. No matter what page I'm on today, no matter what paragraph I'm on today, no matter what chapter I'm on today, the book that he wrote on me ends in victory. So I can have hope today. Oh, I can worship again. Because he rose again, I can give thanks. Again, one of the greatest signs of being filled with the Spirit is that we're thankful, that we don't walk around murmuring and complaining, but we're thankful even for the pain because we know that our God can redeem the pain, knowing, as Paul said in Romans 8, 18, that the sufferings of this present age, they're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed unto me. And every pain that I go through, every tear that I cry, my Savior knows. He knows. So I can thank him for everything I go through. Some of us need to start thanking him again. He got up again so you could thank him again. And some of us as Christians, we need to believe again. Because he rose again. Believe again. One of the things that astounds me when I read the the resurrection story in the Gospels is that when Jesus had risen and he met with the disciples in Galilee, he told them, meet me there. And he appeared, the Bible says, in 1 Corinthians 15 before 500 people at one time. And in Matthew 28, when these people came, as well as the 11 disciples, Mary and all of the women, the Bible says that they worshiped the risen Savior. But some of them doubted that they were in the presence of the Son of God, the one that they saw die on Friday. And now they see him again in Galilee with the nail scars in his hands, risen, alive, and well. They worship as we did today, but some of them doubted, as I'm sure there are some of you doubting 
today. In the midst of all of this great joy, you have doubts and you don't believe. But Christian, oh, may the Holy Spirit take that spark and bring it into an inferno in your life. And you believe again that he is the almighty God, that he is the alpha and that he is the omega, that he is the beginning and he is the end, that for you, he is your chief cornerstone. Believe again that he's the door of heaven. Believe again that he is the express image of God in the exact representation of God's glory and being. Believe again that Jesus is the first and he is the last, that he is the faithful witness, that he is the good shepherd, that he is the holy one of Israel, that he is Emmanuel and he's with you right now. Believe, believe, believe again. But not only that, because he rose again, church, even though I can't sing, I'm going to make a joyful noise again. <laughs> I'm going to get revived again. I'm going to humble myself again. Because a lot of times my breakthrough is doing something again. Not just doing it one time. I humbled myself last week. Well, humble yourself again. Reconcile with your brother again. Crucify your flesh again. Take thoughts captive again. Be patient again. Wait on the Lord again. I know you're weary in well-doing, but wait on the Lord and he will strengthen your heart. Be filled with the Spirit again. Love people again. Forgive your enemies again. Receive new mercies again. Extend those mercies again. Smile again. Thank you, Kirk Franklin. Laugh again. Run again. Dance again. Try again. Go to church again. Date again. For some of you, get married again. Work on your marriage again. Get out of debt again. Go back to school again. Get in shape again. Start all over again. Eat right again. Lift up your head again. Resist the devil again. Rebuke the devil again. Take authority again. Get healed again. Stand again. Walk in victory again. Again. He did it. He got up again. So never underestimate the power of again, especially when it is applied to the fact that Jesus rose again. Because he rose again, we can begin again. But once you start moving again, the devil will keep moving also. Once you start moving again, he's going to start moving again. But you can't quit. You can't stop. And this reminds me of a painting called Checkmate that hangs in a museum somewhere in Europe. In this painting called Checkmate, the devil is playing a game of chess against a young king. And they are playing for the king's soul. As the chessboard is arranged in the painting, it looks as if the devil has won. Because on the devil's face in this painting called Checkmate is an eerie grin of satisfaction. And on the face of the young king 
is a shock of horror. But as a national chess champion went into this museum one day, he looked at this painting called Checkmate, and he studied it, and he studied it. And as he studied it, he went as far as to get his own chessboard and asked the curators if he could set it up in the museum. They gave him permission, and he set his chessboard up the exact same way it was set up in the painting called Checkmate. And as he studied it, he looked at it, and he began to smile. And he said to the young king in the painting, he said, oh, I wish you could hear me, because little do you know, you have one more move. I know you think you've lost, but you have one more move, and, and if we were to break down the eternal struggle in a chess game, I just want to let all God's people know that no matter how much the enemy moves, God always has another move. You see, God moved, and he created the heavens and the earth. But then Satan moved and tried to exalt himself to be like God the Most High. The Bible says in the book of Job that as God created the world, that the morning stars sang together, glorifying God. But one of those morning stars got the big head and tried to exalt his throne above the throne of God. So God made a move and cast Lucifer out of heaven along with a third of the angels that he had deceived. But then Satan moved and he tempted Adam and Eve who were made in the image of God to fall after the same sin that he fell and that is to be like God. And they sinned and they were separated from God. But then God moved and covered Adam and Eve's nakedness and promised a deliverer to come through the seed of the woman. But then Satan moved, and he influenced Cain to kill Abel because he wasn't sure if Abel was the seed. But then God moved and raised up Seth, and that's when men begin to call on the name of the Lord. But then Satan moved, and the fallen angels cohabitated with women, and they produced these giants and these wicked people in the land. So then God moved and called Noah to build an ark and had his descendants fill the earth when the flood was over. But then Satan moved and the people built the Tower of Babel to stay in one location. But then God moved and confused their languages, scattered the people and raised up a man by the name of Abram who would soon become Abraham. But then in this celestial chess match, Satan moved and tempted Abraham to sleep with Hagar to produce Ishmael. But then God moved and Sarah got pregnant at the age of 90 with Isaac because it's in Isaac that the seed is going to be called. Then Satan moved to destroy Abraham's descendants in Egypt under 400 years of slavery. But then God moved and raised up Moses or Moshe to lead his people out of bondage. Satan moved through Pharaoh to trap the Israelites at the Red Sea, but then God moved and parted the Red Sea, saving the Jews and destroying the Egyptians. So the game is getting good, but then Satan moved and got Israel to desire a king, and thus turning away from the king of all kings. And they chose Saul, a man who was a little taller than everybody, but his heart wasn't pledged to the Lord. But then God moved and raised up a young shepherd boy named David, a man after his own heart, to be the greatest king to sit on Israel's throne. 
But then Satan moved to get the Babylonians to destroy the temple and enslave the Jews. And then God moved and brought his people out of captivity and brought them back to Jerusalem. But then Satan moved and the Jews profaned the rebuilt temple in the days of Malachi. And after that last move, both God and Satan just stared at the board for four hundred years contemplating the next move which way should I go what should I do to counter so after this 400 years of silence it was God's move so God moved and the spirit overshadowed Mary to become pregnant with the son of God named Jesus Christ but Satan moved and got Herod to kill the children two years old and younger to try to exterminate the Christ. But God moved and told Joseph and Mary to move and go to Egypt for a while. But then Satan moved and tempted Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. God moved and empowered Jesus to withstand Satan's attacks. Satan moved and tried to have Jesus thrown off of a cliff in his hometown of Nazareth, but God moved and allowed Jesus to pass through the people unharmed because it wasn't his time yet. But then Satan moved and he entered Judas and asked to sift Peter like wheat. But then God moved and Jesus prayed for Peter to return and strengthen his brothers. But then Satan moved and tried to overwhelm Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. But God moved and strengthened his son through prayer in the same Garden of Gethsemane. But then Satan moved and had Jesus arrested, falsely tried, convicted, put to death, crucified, and buried. And at that moment, Satan said, checkmate, I won, he's dead, he's buried, he's gone, it's over, checkmate. But Satan must have forgotten that the king always has one more move. So no matter what you're going through today, you think it's over, but it's not over because if he can defeat hell, death, and the grave, then he can change your circumstance. With the living, there is hope. He got up again. This thing can change again. So after three days, God says, okay, now it's time for me to move again. And he raised his son Jesus up from the dead. And when Jesus got up early on Sunday morning, it's as if he said, it is finished. The game is finished. Checkmate. And since he rose again, you and I can always move again. For it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And I just wonder today, because he got up again, is there someone here who wants to be born all over again? You want a new life.
You can't find it apart from him. Today may be the day for you to say, I'm coming to Jesus to start all over again, to have my sins forgiven, to never be brought up against me again. No matter what man may say, God will never condemn me. I'm coming to Jesus today because Jesus said in John 3, 7, don't marvel at what I'm telling you. You must be born again. And the only way we can be born again is because he got up again. But there may be a Christian here who says, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus again, again. And really, that's what every day is. It's a rededication of our lives to him again for this day so that we don't dedicate our lives after our own selves. But let me dedicate my life after him, take up my cross and follow him. I must decrease that he may increase. But there may be someone here who's drifted so far that you want someone to pray with you today and say, Pastor Chris, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus again. And there may be someone who says today, you know what, I want to become a church member, either for the first time or again. I want to become a church member. I'm tired of being a lone saint out here, a Christian by myself, just visiting churches from here. I want to be a part of a family. And I know no church is perfect because it's full of imperfect people who are forgiven. But man, I'm praying about joining this church and I want to become a church member. So would you stand with me as the choir comes back? I want to pray with you. He rose again so that you could live again. He rose again so that you can get back up again. You can have hope again. You can have life again and love again. Before the choir gives us this final song, bow your heads with me, please. Jesus came and did it just for me, just for you. Religion could never get us to God. Religion would never appease our consciences. Religion can't deal with our sin and the guilt of the sin. Only faith in God can do what religion cannot do. Only faith in God's Son who came to earth and lived a perfect life and fulfilled the law that we could not keep. A spotless lamb a perfect sacrifice, a loving God died in your place and in my place so that we wouldn't have to die and pay for our sins for all eternity. He did that because he loves you. He did that because he wants you to spend eternity with him. He paid the price that you could not pay. And all he wants you to do is to believe in him. To stop living life for yourself. To turn and live your life for him. 
And in that, you find true life. He rose again. He's alive. He's not a dead savior. He's alive. And if you want to be made alive in him, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as we're all praying together, if there's this emptiness in your heart, there's this void, there's this place that needs to be filled, that's God saying, I want to fill that place. He doesn't care if you came from the church house. The church house won't make you right with him. He doesn't care if you came from the crack house, from the dope house, or from the whore house. He wants you to be a part of his house. But you must ask him, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, accept me. Pray that prayer. If you've never asked the Lord to save you, today is the day of salvation where you can be born all over again. You can start all over again. A new slate with God. And then he'll dress you in his righteousness. It's a great deal. And now let me talk to the person who says, I need to rededicate myself again to Jesus. I am a Christian. I'm a believer, but I got weary again. I started doing my own thing again, and I'm miserable again. So I repent again, and I thank God for his mercy again. And I'm running back to Jesus. My friend, don't leave here the same way you came in. Whatever you're holding on to that's replacing the fact that you should be holding on to Jesus, let it go. It's not worth it. If it's an attitude, let it go. If it's a besetting sin that's destroying your life, let it go. If it's a destructive relationship that is now idolatry, let it go. It's not worth it. someone here says I, I'm a believer and I want to be a part of this church I'm ready now if God spoke to you everyone look this way you either said hey today is my day I, I, I want to become a Christian today I prayed and I accepted Jesus today or if you said, I repent today, I'm coming back to Christ today. Or today I want to be a part of this church. I'm going to ask you to do something in a minute. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But let me start with the folks who want to inquire about joining this church. Now let me tell you, we're not after members. We ain't after members. 
We're after disciples of Jesus who want to make a difference for him. It's a place where you can grow. You say, you know what? It's time. Can you just raise your hand so I can see it? It's time for me to join this church. Are there any hands? It's time for me to join this church. What about this? It's time for me to repent and come back to Christ again. Listen, you were bold in your sin. Be bold in your repentance. You were bold in your disobedience. Be bold in your obedience. And don't be ashamed of the gospel. God spoke to you today. Raise your hand. If there was anyone today who prayed the prayer of salvation, you wanted to meet Christ today, to be born again. You prayed, but you raise your hand. Last question. If you believe that Jesus is risen and he lives in your heart, let me see you raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Give him praise.